Never quit a job, ever redefine yourself within one, ever started something in one big or failed. Quit is a call-in show where I will be trying to help people sort out their lives, reevaluate their options, kick their crummy corporate stooge jobs to the curb, and start something awesome. I'm Dan Benjamin. It is time to quit. You can call in live to the show at 512-518-5714. You can also leave a voicemail for me. Obviously, it's too late to do that now. You can do it for next week. 512-222-8141 voicemail number. Again, 512-518-5714. I'm not sure how many calls I want to do today. Got a lot I want to talk about. And there's a lot of email. I've been ignore I haven't been ignoring the email, but I've been ignoring the email on the show. And there's a whole lot of emails we can go through and pick those apart. It's always nice to hear your voice though. So if you have a problem, if you're angry, if you're sad, if you have a story that you would like to tell, call in. You can talk about it. You can also listen to the show live when we record it at 5 p.m. usually. Today we're late at 5 p.m. usually Eastern time by going to 5by5.tv slash live. You can tune in live. You can listen live. You can get the free iOS app for your phone and listen that way too. It's up to you. How do you do that? You just go to iTunes and search for 5 by 5 in the uh, in the app store. There it is. It's right in there. The studio feels empty to me, Hattie. It'll fill up in That's a minute. That's Hattie Cook. <laughs> Hello. Hattie Cook is uh, my producer, account manager here. Usually I have other people in here. Today we wanted to keep it kind of low-key. I invited Shlok and Dr. Girlfriend. Uh, but uh, Shlok and Dr. Girlfriend are apparently, what, what did he say he was doing? Fighting for a condo? Fighting, Fighting for, a condo? for a condo, yes. But uh, the, uh, the studio may fill up. Uh, may fill up. May fill up. We may keep it locked. This is the very <laughs> last quit that we will ever be recording here. In this. In this. Space. Space. We <laughs> have a new. And this is one of the things I wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. We have a new studio and office. That um, finally, after a year and a half. A year and a half, really. Mm-hmm. Most of that time actively looking. That doesn't mean every single day, but it means every at least once every couple of weeks, I would say, going to look at some space. And sometimes we take a break for a little while and we jam it all into a day. But I'll tell you what. We went up to, uh, we were in Portland and New York and Atlanta over the last, in the last, within the last six months. Saw a hell of a lot of spaces up there that were really cool. And a couple of them that stood out to me, the Squarespace office, really awesome. So cool. And our favorite color is black and white. <laughs> um, yeah. Tumblr. And we also saw... Swiss Miss was good too. Yeah, Swiss Miss is a uh, studio mates in Brooklyn. Almost almost a reason enough to go to Brooklyn, but not quite. <laughs> and of course, MailChimp in Atlanta. Now, out of all of those... MailChimp is like, they, I'm, so, I'm sorry, Squarespace. I love you, little Ryan. But MailChimp wins MailChimp this party. MailChimp kicks ass. They're in an old candy factory, and so they left all of the uh, big wrought iron doors that uh, are on big sliding things. Oh, they're absolutely the coolest thing I've ever seen. They really are. I mean, they have, and they have everything. The way it's decorated was amazing. They have people coming and painting murals in there. So I think we're drawing a lot of inspiration, if anyone, uh, if, if from any one of those spaces, from MailChimp. And the fact that they are a long-term sponsor, 
doesn't affect that. I mean, they just got the most amazing. They're not sponsoring this show. <laughs> we can say whatever we want about them, but it's a really cool space. So the space that we got, about 2,000 square feet. 2,000 square, what are you doing with 2,000 square feet, Dan? <laughs> well, I'm not using all of it. That's what I'm doing with <laughs> But uh, if you remember, previous guests on this show, Anthony Armaderas. And Natalie. And Natalie. Armanderas. Armanderas. Together, our company called Fun Size, they do iOS design and UX. That's the coolest name. What a cool name. Fun Size. They're going to be officing with us in there. And I still have one office open Mm -hmm. in there that I may or may not rent out. Rent out Mm -hmm. to the appropriate person. Until until we need it. I don't know. We might grow into it. Yeah, we might grow into it. I don't know. So if you're in Austin and you think you think you've got what it takes, mm-hmm. have to be in Austin. Well, how, I mean, otherwise, where are they going to commute from? I don't know. Be weird. You have some pretty like uh, Round dedicated. Rock, Round Rock's too far. Well, we don't care how far they're driving. No, like if I know that they don't have an Austin address, oh. they're not invited to it. <laughs> like if <laughs> you're not invited. Like if they're ready to write out their first month's rent check, and I don't see Austin as their address, <laughs> out. <laughs> You're going to come by and the blocks are going to be changed. I know Moises would love to get in that office. (laughs) And I have to have cleaning crew in there every day for him. Fumigate. I mean, have you seen how he works? No. It's worse than me. Wow. I'm pretty pretty bad. Look at the mess I I made in here. I've been in here for 30 minutes. Look at the mess I made in here. I just follow you around with like a little tray. It's not dirt. It's not like pig pen. It's not dirt. It's It's just just things. things. You don't put anything back. That's what you don't do. Yeah, I tell you, this is the problem my wife has had. Do Ooh. I need to go out? No. This is the problem my wife has had with me for the last 18 years. The garage at one point in our first house was so bad, <laughs> she couldn't go in there. She just said to me one day, she's like, I can't go in the garage. Anymore. I'm parking I'm like, she's outside. A, you, you know her. Yeah. She's super calm. Yes, really laid, laid back. back. Yeah. For her to yeah. actually get legitimately upset, is yeah. that, that, like she went in the, I think what happened if she went into the garage, tried to find something, I'm sure. And I think, a, I think a rake fell and hit her and scraped oh, yeah. her leg or something. And she's like, "That's it." <laughs> she's like, you need, "Something needs to happen." Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know. Oh, he says he's moving. Who is Matt? Matt thinks he has some kind of special lead on that office, but. No. What do you mean he's moving like away? So he no, can't he's have moving it? from Round Rock to Austin. Oh, oh, he just he's listening. He's listening. Live Hi, here. Matt. Hi, Matt. There's a lot of things I want to talk about today, and one of them is office spaces. For the longest time, because to me, for the longest time, office space was synonymous with corporate stoogery. It was synonymous. Mm-hmm. If you if you worked in an office. You were working for the man and you were a loser and you were a corporate stooge. And then once in a while, I'd see a picture of like a really cool office and say, well, okay, not you guys. MailChimp, no, not you guys. In MailChimp, they had ping pong tables. They had everything. I'm going to get a foosball table and I want to get a couple pinball machines. Yeah. I want to get. Well, we remember sound wise, we just have to be a little bit, pick something that's not too loud. We'll just set hours around when you can play them. Well, yeah, I don't think anybody's really going to be. But the two pinball machines I want are Earthshaker and Whirlwind. Those are the only two I care about. 
And those are the only two that I want, and they're really tough to find. So I don't think I'm going to be able to get them. I'll make it happen. Though. I could make a MAME cabinet, something like that. You can see, but this all stuff all come. And we just spent <laughs> thousands and thousands of dollars over the last two days in Ikea. I mean, we did save thousands and thousands I'm of dollars sure. as well. Yeah. But that's just how much Ikea furniture we bought. <laughs> so much. And and we're in there. And that takes a lot out of you in that damn place. It's the fluorescent lighting, I think. It's the lighting. And the way that they kind of guide you through the entire experience. And once you've picked everything out, you think you're done. But then you've got to actually go and pick it. And you get to load it up yourself on the thing. And uh, they're delivering the last of it. And the one thing, Hattie, the one thing that they had to pick for us off the shelf they that we couldn't wrong. pick, that's the one thing that's wrong. Now I'm... We didn't oh, have we'll, them pick we'll make anything. a determination within 72 hours how we're going to handle it. No, you're going to bring, you're going to pick the old thing up and you're going to bring us out the new one. That's how I don't you're know why they it. can't do that. Like put it on the truck with our other delivery. That's how you're going to handle should it. Should I, I, should, I feel like I should call them and tell them. They don't, don't let them figure it out. Yeah. You know, that's not your job. You don't need to do their job. I just want to get our sofa. You know? For the, for the TV game room. Yes. This is, <laughs> this is the craziest office So in the world. far we've talked about only fun things. We haven't even talked about the recording room yet. Yeah, we got a recording room. We're going to be set up. We're going to be live streaming the video for the shows again, but like be back like camera. I used to two years up ago. In the, the corner. Well, three cameras. All oh, of them. Yeah, and all How, of them will be on you. Will they just be on timers like rotate? No, you can switch them right there with the with the software app. So you can decide. You can you no, will control the stream. I know, but if it's live stream, it's live the entire time. Will it just switch between all three? I th- I would like that, like on a timer. I don't know. Whatever. I feel like this is. Corporate right stooge now. is working offices, though. That's the thing. A corporate stooge is who's in an office. And I remember I would talk to people about it, and they'd say, "Oh, I'm, you know, we want to get an office. It's going to be great." And I'd say, "You're crazy. Work from home. Go out and meet with your friends." And I'll tell you what. For the record, listen to me. I was wrong. Having an office makes a big, big difference to your productivity. You go into you go into an office and you think, oh, this sucks. Well, that's because my knowledge of offices, for the most part, had come from my work in what I would call a corporate stooge world. And it turns out that there are a lot of cool offices. Now, the idea of commuting to an office kind of sucks. And most of, of you guys, I think, listening to this show probably commute. You probably commute. Raise of hands who commutes. That's what I thought. It does not automatically make you a stooge, obviously. But going into a place, and, when, and I saw this when I went to those offices that I named, the way they cram people in. Now, I'll tell you what. The way they cram people into those offices over at like Tumblr, especially Tumblr, that's a New York style office. You know what I'm talking about? Where they put tons and tons and tons of folks. Like you get a, you get one of those benches and you put like eight people at a bench. And if, you, if, you, if you're sitting there, imagine your computer, laptop computer is in front of you. And you've got that computer right in front of you. Imagine just a laptop space. That's how much space you have is how much that laptop takes up in front of you. That's it. That's all you got. I mean, that's crazy. But they love it. They're having fun in there. And that's what it's all about. If you can go into the office and have fun. And you know, so what we did, the way we're setting up this new office, we got a big sofa. We got a big coffee table. So there's this really big thing with lots of windows Lots you got, of options to work in different environments. Yeah, you can walk around in there. You can be at a desk. You can be at a table. You can be in a chair. You can be in a couch. doesn't matter. Yeah, it's, it's really, really cool. You can get up and you can go 
and you can you can you you want to sit down and work, you want to kick back, you want to drink some coffee and work, get a change of scenery. But the idea, the old school idea, which is still prevalent in this country here in the United States, is you know I used to have a manager, and you know what his motto was? His motto: If I can't see you, you're not working. Let me say that again. If I can't see you, you're not working. And the way he had his office set up, he could lord over everybody in their cubes. He could look and see, look around, who's there, who's working. And my goal every morning, just to piss him off, was to get in before him and turn the lights on. Because that was his thing, in the, his special little thing in the morning. First one in, turn on all the lights. And I'd get in before him and I'd turn on him. Why? Because I woke up at 5.30 in the morning. I couldn't help it. I was so stressed out. I'd wake up at 5 in the morning, 5.30 in the morning. Well, I guess I'll just take a shower and go to work. This is before kids. Now, I, I don't want to wake up at all some days. But I still do. And I'd wake up and I'd get in there. And I'd turn on the lights. And he, oh, man, that would piss him off. Because he knew he wasn't the first. So then he'd start to get in earlier. And eventually we were getting in at like before seven to try and beat each other. We never talked about it. But it was no coincidence. He kept getting in early. Obviously, I let him have that one, but it was fun. But this place, all fluorescent lights. So I would climb up on top of my desk and I would unscrew the bulbs above my desk. I've told this story. I would climb up, stand on my desk and I would unscrew it. The bulbs, the fluorescent bulbs, because I hated them. I hate fluorescent bulbs. And I would get headaches from them. So I'd unscrew them. And then the maintenance guy would always come around and the next day they'd be back on. So I'd turn, do it again. Finally, he came around one time when I was there. He's like, are you unscrewing? I said, yes. I said, that's why I put a sticky note up there that said, don't turn these back on. He says, oh, I didn't know what that was. <laughs> well, that was a sticky note for you to leave them unscrewed. And I used to have my desk totally clean. I had nothing personal there. I had nothing I cared about there because I knew deep in my soul that I could be let go at any moment or I could quit at any moment. And I never walked out of a place with a box full of stuff ever. I never had anything. I never kept anything with me. Does that sound depressing? Does it sound like a pessimist? No, I was being a very much a realist. I never brought stuff from home in and a little plant there, one of those little cubes with the little rocks in it and a little frog floating around in there. I didn't have anything in there because I was ready to go any minute. One time I was at a company and uh, I, I, I made the mistake of, okay, this is back in the days. Let's go back to the, to the time when people used to run uh, Windows, like Windows... 2000 time period. You used to have to uh, reformat your drive and reinstall Windows frequently. And we had this image. We could just drop an image. I ran the, I ran the IT group. So I knew exactly how to do this. You'd put in the disk, you'd format the drive, you'd burn down the image, and you had all your stuff up on the network drive. So it was like a Monday, and I, was, I did this you know, once every couple months. So it was like Monday morning, and I went and I put in the disk to start this process. And it turned out that that was the day they were laying off like two-thirds of the company. So I get the call, and I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know. So I get the call down. I go down to the office, uh, and they're having this meeting with a whole bunch of people where they're basically saying, yeah, sorry, guys, like we're laying you off. We laid off a bunch of people. Last week, we're doing more. This week, and I was in that group. 
And so what happened was, <laughs> meanwhile, I've got a machine that's been completely white. This doesn't look very good. What it looks like is that I had gotten wind that I was going to be laid off and now I was doing something like uh, bad. Like I had blown away all the stuff on my computer. Well, everything that I had was up on the network drive. Everything. Like I didn't keep anything locally. I wasn't, you know, I, I knew hard drive failure rates and everything up on the, and by the way, I had built the servers and racked the servers in the server room that had all that data on there. So I knew where to put stuff. But it didn't look good. And then there was an investigation, not like a legal criminal investigation, but we want to find out why I did that. I'm like, because uh, I do this every month or two because that's the only way to keep Windows running. <laughs> you have to reformat the drive and reinstall everything. That's the only way to do it. But it looked really bad. And I had to explain this to people. The people, I was like, well, I've never had to do that. I'm like, yeah. And that's why your computer takes two hours to boot up when it crashes. So what are you going to do? But that looked really bad. It's easy to make those kind of mistakes, I think. I had no idea. I was just going through and reformatting my drive like I always did. And then now, boy, that was stressful. The amount of stress you get from that, man, it's crazy. But the idea of having an office where there's people that that you want to work with, where you actually want to go in. And you don't want to go in just because you like what you do, but you want to go in because it's a fun place. Employers nowadays, really because of companies like, you know, Zappos and Google and, you know, and Facebook and other companies like that, that, that make these great places for you to go. And they allow you to mix, I guess, hanging out with working. I remember one of my first jobs out of school, at the end of the day after work, we would go just to, to date this time period. We were playing Doom 2, networked version of Doom 2. So you'd reboot your computer into DOS, and then you would you'd had a special bootloader, a batch script rather, that would just launch just networking, and then just basically launch, run and load into the game. And you'd be able to go in there, and you'd be able to basically just play Doom. I guess we'd do this for for you could only have four people playing the game at once, so you have to take turns. And then later on, I knew uh, worked for companies that we would integrate this in part of the day, like after lunch, like for 30 minutes after lunch, an hour after lunch, like we'd all go and we'd play Halo. And now what a difference that can make to an employer. And, and employers just don't, they just don't get that. They just don't get a lot of the time how important having that casual, because I think the fear is, oh, you're not going to get any work done. You're not going to be able to get anything done if you have, if you can walk over into the other room and play, you know, play pinball or play ping pong or something. I saw people at a MailChimp, I think they were playing backgammon. They're playing something. And then they were getting classes at MailChimp. They were getting classes on how to use this espresso machine. They were getting classes. They were getting schooled and taught about playing about how to make espresso with this really, really fancy high-end espresso machine. They're like, they were learning this. And then they could, then once they learned how to do it, then they'd go and they'd be able to make espresso. They weren't, no one was allowed to use the machine unless they'd, uh, unless they'd taken this class. It's pretty cool. It's very different, you know? It's really different. But that kind of thing is is what employers need to hear about. They need to hear about that and they need to realize that just giving you a cube and a computer 
that, that's, that's not enough. That's not enough to keep people around anymore. And that's why people want to work from home so much. I mean, there's nothing wrong with having a short commuter working from home. I mean, I worked, I worked basically by myself from home for many, many years, more than five years, I think. People used to say, I bet you watch a lot of TV. I never watched TV. My problem was disconnecting from work. My problem was being able to walk out of the room and not keep working, especially when it's your own business or your own freelance thing. Forget it. It's not like you, you know, I, I never met anybody who was serious about their job who didn't have that problem. I just think it's one of those things that employers these days are, they're way too afraid, even today. Oh, we're not a company like Google. We can't give our employees that much freedom. What's that? What I read to you today. Yeah. What was that? Tell me. <laughs> there was them. a list uh, on this little blog, a thing called Thought Catalog. And uh, they said the 10 things that you need to get rid of to succeed. And, you know, in the list, there was like the friends that are envious of your success, your Tumblr, like a lot of other really funny things like that. Then there was one uh, that said exactly what you're talking about, Dan. I mean, it's being able, being able to go... It said, it said like, you know, don't, don't think that you're going to get one of those cool jobs, you know, at Google, it's just not going to happen, you know, where everybody gives out free bikes at work or whatever, and takes the day off to go eat lunch at a cool place or, you know, go to a seminar or something. But I mean, nowadays, I think that that's, that is possible. (laughs) I mean, I guess, I guess it is, but most people don't have that experience. Most people don't. Most do not. Correct. For most people, it's really depressing. For most people, you just, you don't have that flexibility. And Boxa says, Dan never has anything you can't leave behind when the heat comes around. And that's exactly, was exactly how I felt about it. You never knew what was going to happen. Once you've been laid off once or fired or something, like you can't look at a job the same way again. You're kind of in nomadic, you're kind of in nomadic mode. Like you can jump at any time. It's the funniest thing I hear, Hattie, job security. There is no such thing. Well, there's no such thing as security in really anything. Yeah. Not really. (laughs) You know, you have your own company. The only security you have is that you can't be fired. That doesn't mean you're necessarily going to make any money, but you won't get, you won't get fired. I can't read lips. I mean, do you want to turn her mic on? Her mic is, uh, it's on now. (laughs) It's on now. There. Now her mic's on. And let me know when I need to go out and get all right, he's going to text me when he shows up. Chris Carter, the director of the X-Files. <laughs> I believed you about that for so long. I even told Sam that. And she was like, really? And I was like, yeah. That's his you, name. You told me today that it was a lie. You said, what did you do with the X-Files? And you were like, no, <laughs> nothing. I hate nothing. And I was like, well, thanks for that, Dan. This is this app he gave me. It actually shows where he is, where is in he? real time well, is right he now. that far? Wow. He's coming up... Uh, Research? He's coming up. He's on Mopac. Oh, ooh, I know why. He's a little bit yeah, late. I don't know what he's doing on there. It's a little bit like but Mark that's, Wahlberg on uh, Antiques Roadshow. That's Caitlin. <laughs> Hi, Caitlin. Hello. She has job security. Yeah. You know, but that's that's the thing is as an employer, if you're an employer or if you're thinking about becoming one, or even if you're, if you're somebody just sitting at home thinking, I wonder if I should go to a co-working space. I wonder if I should go get an office somewhere. I'll tell you what. You're kidding yourself. If, if you're sitting there in your house, in your sweatpants and your t-shirt, thinking that 
like you're living. I did it for a long time. Now, it's different if you have like a spouse that's home with you and you get to spend time with that person during the day or throughout the day. That's different. I'm talking about the person who's like just home alone all day, not seeing anybody. There were times, Caitlin, that I would not go outside for days at a time. I would not leave the house for days at a time. That doesn't sound healthy, does it? That does not sound healthy nor good for one's complexion. <laughs> yeah, there was it, it was neither good for my complexion or healthy. And I know lots of people who do this. And they're like, well, what's wrong with it? What's wrong with it? I'm getting stuff done. I'm going to start up, writing some code. <laughs> You're going to forget how to speak Get your out native of the language. <laughs> Get out. You know, right now, outside of this room, the tech ranch is having this campfire. Mm-hmm. Are they serving any alcohol or anything today? Because it was know. loud. I think everyone when, in there was When drunk. I go snatch Chris, I will check. And if they are, then I will uh, we're supposed to have right, you know. white Russians and we don't have ice or cream half an hour. Well, we have ice, but it's mystery ice and the cream is possibly bad. So mm-hmm. those are two variables that we're not willing to take a chance right. on. And, and that's the thing is you spend all this time and you, you don't realize that you've fallen into this sort of quagmire, this situation where, well, I don't really need to go anywhere and look how productive I am and... There was, this is the problem is that most offices are counterproductive. Most offices are not good places to be. They've got bad air because they don't circulate it. They've got noise. They've got distractions. They've got people walking up and down the halls. We used to have this one sales guy and you could hear him a mile away and boy, was he distracting. And he'd come out and he'd stop right in front of your door, not talking to you. He'd talk to someone else. He'd have a big loud meeting or a phone call right outside your door. We know people like that here. Nothing you could say about it. Nothing you could say to him. There was nothing you could say to him because he was way up there. He was like VP of sales. VP of sales. Mm. That's so weird that that status kind of What are you going to do? Oh, uh, can you be quiet? I'm trying to work on a server in here. No. Like, I guess he's going to be in there for an hour. That's fine. It's weird. Hmm. Working from home is great for productivity. But it is not great for having interaction with other human beings. Well, all my best friends are online. I I am with people all day long. I do a phone call each day with my status report. (laughs) It's not the same. It's not. Your life will be better if you have human contact. Well, I'm naturally an introvert. All the more reason. (laughs) To get out. To get out and interact with human beings and push yourself. I'm not saying you're going to get up in front of a room of angry people and give a talk about (laughs) <laughs> Why you think Python's better than Ruby? Good luck. I'm saying get out and be around people. Interact with people. And that's why co-working exists. I'm not a, a big fan of co-working for me. Because I like I like my own space. I'm I'm past that point. I can't do co-working or coffee shops or anything. I will I'm just distracted the entire time. I'm too distracted. I need my own space. Too easy to people watch. Especially at coffee shops. Well, and you that's all a, sorts of characters. It's such a bad habit of mine. I'm so, I just sit there and I'll pay attention to what someone else is doing instead of what I'm doing. But then what you wind up with, Hattie, is you wind up with a guy like we have here who walks around and, uh, no. Oh. He will be in Austin in about a minute, Chris Carter. <laughs> you wa- you wind up seeing a guy like we saw last night walking around on his bare feet in here. Oh, that was so Did you gross. see that? I looked down and I saw his like corn chip toenails. He, he shows up it in flip-flops. It was like lint under his toe. He Ooh. shows up in flip-flops. And he's he, he goes and he gets a call. And the reception in this building is, is not great. There are little pockets where it's okay, but it's not great. 
And I guess he's walking around to get better reception on his phone. And he's, he's in bare feet. He's walking around. This is a, a building. People come and go all the time. Who knows? First of all, for his own sake, who knows what they're tracking around? Now his bare he, feet well, are on there. And also these carpets don't get cleaned They ever. don't ever get cleaned. Ever. Like I could set a paper clip down and it will be there a year from now. No one touches anything. And he's walking around in his bare feet. And we got to look at that. It's just a workplace. We pay money. To, we pay money to be here. And he's walking around his bare feet. Flip-flops. First of all, flip-flops are not shoes. <laughs> They're for the beach. If you're a college girl going between classes and you've got flip-flops on, uh, fine. I'll give you a, a pass. Fine. I'm not thinking that's good. But or if like, you're running out to go get the mail and you don't want to tie If shoes. you're outside. But if you're if you're inside in a professional building, well, they're used to working at home. Put I would say. shoes on for crying out loud. Put shoes on. And another thing, if you're going to be on TV, if you're going to be on nationally televised broadcast network television for an interview, put on a tie. You're never going to get criticized for putting on a tie. God, I just can't believe this stuff. Bare feet walking around. I don't care if they're used to working at home. That Now they're in a public place. Do they go out to dinner with no shirt on? There are rules. This is not NOM. <laughs> First sponsor is Squarespace. Everything you need to make an amazing website. Fully hosted, completely managed environment for creating and maintaining a beautiful website, blog, or portfolio. It means no matter how experienced you are with building a website, you can build something amazing in minutes. You don't have to worry about hosting, scaling, integration. They do it all. They do everything. You add blocks of content just by dragging and dropping. You can integrate with social media, Twitter, Facebook. You get an iPad app, iOS, Android apps, everything. Now they have commerce. You can sell stuff. You can sell. It doesn't cost any more money to sell stuff. You just add a product the same way you would add a page to the site. You just click the little plus button. You describe the product. Does it have a weight? They can do they can oh do all of that stuff. You can print custom packing slips, customize the emails that get sent, everything. It's really amazing. No additional charge for that. And they made a special URL just for you guys. Squarespace.com slash quit. Easy to remember. I would ask you to please go and visit that and check it out. It supports the show just going there, but you might find out how awesome it is. And if you use the code STOOGE2, you'll get 10% off anything you sign up for while you're there. Again, the URL to visit, squarespace.com slash quit. STOOGE2, number two. Maybe we'll take a few calls. 512-518-5714 if you'd like to call. Virginia's on there. Let's see what's going on with her. Hello, Hi, Virginia. Dan. You said you have no update. I well, I don't. I haven't really accomplished as much as I had hoped. But I also am well. That still isn't in a, that is an update of, in and of itself, right cool. there. That is an update. Yeah, I guess it is. Yeah, things are going slow, but at the same time, I'm spending more time than I had anticipated, kind of planning passive and residual ways to earn money, and it's enjoyable to think that building that in is going to bring me, you know, more security over time. I just, I'm always a little bit impatient about going from zero to 60, you know. Okay. So for people who are listening to the show for the very, very first time, 
who who are you and what is it that you're doing and why what are, what so problems are you? Well, I'm not t- telling you to well, pimp your stuff. I, I'm just, I'm, you know, make it quick. Yeah, so I'm Virginia. I live in Seattle. I l- recently sort of quit slash was let go from uh, a corporate stooge job, and I'm trying to take my side business, which is online dating consulting, full time. But Dan was understandably worried that I wouldn't be able to make a real go of that um, because, you know, you can only get paid for the time that you spend consulting if you're a consultant. So I'm I'm kind of trying to shore up my business with other avenues that will bring me money that don't necessarily require me to have billable hours set up. And it's going slow, but I love being at home so much that I'm determined to find a way to make something from home work so I don't have to go back to being a stooge, even if that something doesn't wind up being 100% my company. Okay, so uh, you have this thing where you, you will work with people and you'll help them find the love of their life. Exactly. Okay. And you do that by helping them get, you know, get set up with online dating and that kind of thing. Set up and like learn how to write about themselves better, learn how to sort of be more confident in approaching people. Yeah. Okay. And that's something that doesn't, uh, doesn't necessarily scale so easily. No. And I'm working on kind of information products like Shlok and uh, Manswan had encouraged me to pursue. And I'm also looking at kind of some other um, little avenues of what I do that make money that I hadn't, um, I hadn't really realized might get me a little kickback. Like a lot of the major dating sites have pretty powerful affiliate link kickbacks if you can get registered in their system. So I'm looking into just other ways that can pool together and make an income. But I, I don't know if it's going to work out to make this my main thing, but I'm de- determined to find more work from home stuff one way or another, even if I can't make it all my company because it's just so nice to be here instead of at that office. Oh, no doubt. It sounds like you were in, well, we don't want to say who you worked for, but it was the corporatist of the corporate places to work, right? Yeah. It was a very cool, um, big tech company in a lot of ways. It just wasn't the right fit for me. And it was pretty clear that I wasn't going to get a job that would have been the right fit for me. And even if I did, I would have been super stressed out and burnt out all the time because that's what everyone, literally everyone who has a full-time job at that company feels like immediately. Yeah. So <laughs> They're guessing in the chat room, which <laughs> company it was, but I'm not, I'm not going to tell them. <laughs> If you, you'll figure it out if you try, but I'm not going to make it easy for you. Yeah, it's, 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 I would even go back to working for that same company through one of their potential remote positions before I would go back to doing something on site. I love being home and like, it just feels like the kind of lifestyle that as somebody who wants to become a parent is going to, it's going to work better for us long-term, even if I'm not bringing in the same volume financially there, the trade-offs are so clearly worth it to me. So I'm super happy, even though I'm not maybe as solvent as I'd hoped to be by now, but I'm still working towards that. And your show helps me all the time. So thanks. Well, I'm glad to help you. I mean, I think, you know, this is, this is the kind of thing I like these kinds of updates because it's always very interesting to me to hear how somebody who's faced with starting a business works to, you know, supplement their income. I remember, I, I and I talk about him a lot, Garrett Diamond, he's the guy who made Sifter. 
he would he would work really hard on building his site, work really hard on getting it up and running, adding features, launching those features. And then he would take a month or two, and it usually was about a month, and then he'd work full time in another place because he was sort of did consulting work. He'd be like on site working for like a month or two, and he'd bank as much money as he possibly could during that time, right? And then he would come back and he'd be like, okay, I got some money in the bank. I'm going to take the next month or two off and work on Sifter. And eventually he was able to get that thing to be a full-time thing and make enough money for him. But it took a long time. You've got to be willing to stick around, you know, and put in the time. It sounds like you are. So what are you doing to supplement your income right now? What, are, what, are, what were you doing before in the mystery job? Well, in the mystery job before, I was doing a lot of um, editing and, like, text QA in multiple languages. And I think I'm going to start pursuing more short-term linguistic work. Like, I've done a lot of mostly foreign language testing for various apps and websites and services. Mm -hmm. And I also do a little bit of, like, translation work. I speak a bunch of different languages because that's what I majored in in college. And I I, I enjoy that, but that wasn't ever really going to be my my focus, I wanted my focus to be the online dating stuff, but I think I, I might start to take on more of that sort of tech work to kind of keep that skill sharp. Because if I do need to go back to a stooge job, I'm more likely to get one through that skill set than through my amazing online dating abilities, you know, right. and it doesn't hurt to, to keep that work up. And then I'm also working on writing a couple of baby eBooks and just pricing them cheap and getting them out there so that you know, you're taking Schloch's advice, um, in other words, because right. didn't Schloch suggest that? I mean, maybe exactly. you, you thought of it already, but he, he suggested that. And I think that's great. I mean, and that works. No, he suggested it. It works great because it's something you know about. It's it, I, I don't want to make it seem trivial, but it's a straightforward process to self-publish. And if you've got something to say, I mean, that's something. And, and again, like I, the, the thing that worries me about what you're doing is it, it's not going to scale. It's not going to scale and you're going to have to be now, if you can get enough clients going and you can get people to help you, like then you can, you can have a really nice business. But I love the idea of seeing that you're going to write something. You're going to put those things out there and you're going to sell them. And that, that I, I want to encourage you to do that. Especially you know, if you've got time, because listen, if you're, if, you're, if you're taking your time right now, Virginia, and you're spending, you're giving it to somebody else, even though I know you need the money. But if you're giving that time to someone else, that's setting you further and further back. Like every single thing you do, if, if possible, within reason, because I know you're going to make money. I'm not saying don't pay your bills. But every single thing that you do should be focused on getting you one step closer to running the business. Now, you may, you may redefine the business that you decide that you're going to run or not. But I'm saying you need to, every single thing... It, will doing this thing take me closer or further away from my end goal? If the answer is it will take me further away and you have a choice, then don't do it. Writing those books, getting your, getting the name out there, continuing to work on your blog, all of those are very good things. All right, I'm going to let you, you go. You We're, really nailed it with... Go sure, go ahead. No, you please go ahead. <laughs> go ahead, caller. Um, I, I was just going to say, I attended a, a little class from a local Seattle meetup that was about passive income streams, and um, there was some great information product infor like tips that I got that aren't even books and written materials. There are so many ways to make money through video classes, and you know, there's a lot of stuff where it really is just residuals you put in that work, and it keeps coming back. So 
just for other people who might be redefining something that isn't scalable, like think about use those resources, those networks that are like free or cheap events and classes that you might get at co-working spaces, like talk in those circles and find those other streams, because I think those are going to be a big benefit to me. You, you nailed it. I think I am realizing that I need to redefine things. And that's a little bit of a slow process for me, but I think other people can probably be helped from that too. I hear so many people who are excited about this show and who don't feel like they have an idea that could scale. And you guys have helped me realize the ways in which my idea idea can scale. So other jackals who are thinking about quitting, like listen to these guys, you know, there, there, there are opportunities where you might be able to take something bigger in ways that you hadn't quite put together yet. Well, good luck. And you know, you got to check back in with us and let us know how you're doing. All right. I will. I will. Thanks for taking the call, Dan. Sure thing. Good luck. Bye. Okay. So in the chat room, fact zero says, I have an issue with how much Dan pushes scaling when he's okay with moderate success. I want to respond to that uh, fact zero, but tell me, tell me what you mean by that. And by the way, we've got a, another guest just showed up. <laughs> Chris, I didn't know you knew you were going to be on the air. Are you all right being on the air? Sure. Okay. Let's see. So get up really close to the mic, really close. Like you love it. Mic okay. technique. Yeah. This is Chris Carter. This is the guy who wrote and directed, was it all, all uh, seven seasons, of the X-Files and then the movie? <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. that's him. Sure, he's a different guy. He <laughs> shares with it. He shares a name with that director, but he, that is actually not him. Chris is. Uh, how would you describe yourself, Chris? I've known you for almost two years now. Um, designer, designer, self-taught, simple, sure. When I met Chris, I met where did we meet? Houndstooth is that the first place we met here in Austin? In person. In yes. person. Yeah. He tweeted at me when he heard I was coming to Austin. He's like, uh, I'm in Austin, but then he went up to New York right away, and I didn't see him for a long time. Yeah. And then he came back and he left. Then he came back. It's hard to keep track. Here for, should be here for a while. Now so. you, you went and uh, <clears throat> you just finished some kind of contract. We don't have to say where it was. No. But you finished, you just finished a contract. Now you're figuring things out again. Exactly. What do you want to be doing? Um, I would like to get back into building my own business and like freelance my, stuff, my wife would like stuff. me to yeah, find a full-time job. Right, your wife. And this is great because you know what we get, Hattie, on here? Uh -huh. You know what we get every single time? What? We get a call. We get a caller who, well, what's your, what's your wife think? What's your husband? Oh, they're totally in support of me. They, mm -hmm. they love the idea. Yeah, mine not so much. And your wife is a wonderful woman. <clears throat> Let's just give her all, because she's going to listen to this. Yeah. We love your wife. And... The fact that what she wants, she just wants to see a regular paycheck coming in. Right. She wants to, in, 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 she's old school in the sense that she wants that feeling of job security there. She exactly. wants to know Chris is going to show up every other Friday with a paycheck and going to get some benefits. And she works full time. She does. And you need to make money. You're a regular, you're a working guy. You can't just coast on her salary. Right. 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 And not that you would want to anyway. I'm not advising no. that. No. Does she listen to the show? Are you even going to tell her you were here? <laughs> Maybe. She's, she's, Maybe not. <laughs> uh, I won't tell her. But the, the thing is, <clears throat> you're in an interesting position. I w Honestly, I wish we had more callers. I wish we had more people calling like you who have what I think is a much, much more realistic scenario, not of, oh, my wife supports me and she thinks it's great. And, you know, I helped when she, when I put her through school and, you know, now she's got a great job and great benefits. She's fully behind me. Too. I know your wife has confidence in you. 
I know she believes in you, but believing in you and being able to make peace with the fact that he may not get paid for a month while he finds a new client and then he's going to get paid really great for two or three months and then he might not get paid for the next month. That's real life. And that would make any spouse nervous until they see proof that that really works. And that can take a very, very long time. Now, you live in the right town because there's a lot of work for people like you. Are you comfortable in there? I know this is like, you, we're going to take you to see a new, he's going to be working out of the new office. Yeah. Studio mates. Yeah. Well, we can't call it that. I'm just That's saying he's our studio mate. Swiss Miss, Brooklyn, New York. <laughs> TM. We can't call it that. <laughs> no, he just is our studio mate. He will be a mate, a mate of ours in, in our the studio. studio. We have to be careful. <laughs> All right, so... Did Thack Zero respond? He says, he'll call in to discuss it. He can't keep typing on his iPad, which is tethered to his 3G connection via Bluetooth. (laughs) Aren't we all tethered, you know? Yeah, I don't know if he's going to call in this show. (laughs) I'll try try to respond because I don't see him calling in. So I'm going to try to respond to what he said. He says he has an issue with how much I push scaling when I'm okay with moderate success. What he's referring to is in a previous episode where uh, Jason Calacanis announced that he was going to be shutting down um, thisweekin.com. You remember that, Chris? I do. Chris is a big, oh, he's a super fan. You're a super fan, let's be honest. He's got all the, oh, he, we need to send him out of here with a mug, Caitlin. Don't let him leave without a mug. And a woman's, a woman's t-shirt, a woman's medium. Because <laughs> that's, that's all we have left, but he can have that. For his wife. Mm-hmm. Exactly. See? Not for him. He would <laughs> never wear women's clothing. And... Not in public. No. Maxter on Twitter. We'll put that in the show notes. And uh, and here's the thing. Jason Calacanis said, you know what? Moderate success is not enough. You can't have moderate success. We're only, we're only making, we're break even at making $500,000 a year is what I think his number was. Correct me if I'm wrong, Jackals. $500,000 a year, they're break even. And they took $300,000 investment, including the money that Jason Calacanis himself put in. Moderate success, he calls that, because in his mind, if you're, if you're not making five, seven, ten, fifty million million, $50 million a year, it's moderate success. Well, good for him. And I, you know what? I agree in the scope of real business, Chris. I would like to be making $50 million a year in revenue. That's better than moderate success. But I'm a regular human. You know? I love the fact that I can have, I, I, we're making enough money as a business that I can open up an office. And yes, I need help. I need help paying the bills for this office. I can't have a 2,000 square foot office on my own. I can't carry that. But you know what I'm doing? I'm creating an awesome environment where people like Anthony, Natalie, and Fun Size can have a space in there, where you can get a desk in there. You know, where really creative, great people can come and we can work. And it's not co-working. I don't want to have to lease this stuff out. But until we, all, we can fit into but it. But we all benefit mm-hmm. from it right now. And maybe that la- maybe we love it so much we never want to change it. But I can't carry that. But the fact that I can create that place or be part of creating that place and have people working for me. And then I get to work with people who are amazing. That's way beyond moderate success. Now, in Jason Calacanis' eyes, I just have like a fun little business and I can pay my bills. And he's right. He's right. It's relative. It's all relative. That guy walks in a, in a, a whole different park than me. Okay. And that's great. But what I've been able to do 
by by doing these shows with really, really, really amazing co-hosts shows that if you have an idea for something, you can build it. Now, moderate success, that was his definition of moderate success. And I will, I will accept that I only have moderate success here, maybe not even moderate success. But it's super success for me. And does it scale? No, because I can't be on a show eight hours a day, seven days a week, or 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I can't do shows that much. I can't. I wish I could. I work a lot as it is. So it doesn't scale in that sense. But but this as a business can scale because now I have a real, or I've, within a few days, I'll have a really nice studio where people can come in and record. And you can be proud of it. How I might even let Moises come in there. <laughs> it's a big deal. I know. I don't know if, I mean, once he knows where it is, it'll be tough to keep him away. Right. But he, you know, he doesn't have key cards and keys and no, stuff. No, it's so. not like he'll have access to it. Right. We'll just have to remember to keep the he'll door locked. He'll just be locked. outside. <laughs> I would like to come in and record. Anyway, uh, you know, <laughs> it's it's that kind of thing. I can say to him or to Joel Bush, come in and record your show. When when people are in town for South By, we can grab them out, drive 10, 15 say minutes north and our, say, hey, man. You can use our studio. Come use our studio. Be mm-hmm. on the show. We'll have a great time then. Oh, yeah. I'm really excited Kidnap people, bring barbecue in and. We we'll just have constant shows. barbecue. Yeah. You know, and that's that's the beauty of being able to create this kind of environment. And it, that's how the business does scale. We'll do more shows. We'll bring people in. We'll give them that environment to do it. It doesn't scale the way that writing a book scales or making a movie scales or having a software as a service scales or building, you know, a, a web application or an iOS game that people can download. That scales way better than this. I'm not an idiot. But I, I don't think that this is moderate success. I think it, it uh, or if it is, it's, I'm, I'm content with it. Maybe a guy, maybe, maybe I think too small, you know? Maybe this is too, maybe I'm a moron. What do you think? It's all up to what you want. All right. That it? What are you going to, so what are you going to do? Um, I need something scalable too, probably. Yeah, like what? You're gonna build a build a website, <laughs> build an iOS. What are you building these days? Um, mainly web or iOS or what? Mainly web. Yeah. So far, I haven't had the opportunity yet to work on a mobile app. Self taught though. I'd love to. Yeah. What's your background in? Um, I actually studied advertising at UT mm-hmm. and went through the creative sequence there. And uh, right when I was finishing up, is when the web started to take off. Yeah. In '95. Um, so I actually dropped out a semester early and started a web design firm with three classmates. And, really cool. Um, that didn't work out. We <laughs> differently motivated is mm-hmm. how I like to put it, but it didn't work out because, uh, because the, you and the, and the other guys. Yeah. A lot uh, of fights or what? Uh, no, one of them, one of the partners, um, was working at national instruments, uh, as a intern. We just drove by and, national instruments. I and I looked it up. They yeah. just got a bunch of funding right now. Yeah, they're yeah. they're doing some. They're going to make like eighty million bucks making that uh, expanding their campus. Is yeah. that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a huge thousand thing. employees at it. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like a, they're mo- like a compound. They're, they're moderately That's successful. That's their moderate. <laughs> no, it looks like a compound. There's fence and barbed wire and chain link fences everywhere. It's crazy. I Gates. still don't know why they need an automated fence. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Not the Pentagon. So now, what do you want to do? What are you going to do? You want to? You want to? I know you want to. Uh, you want to start something 
Cool. Are you looking for a co-founder? Are you going to do it on your own? How? What are you thinking about? Um, I have a have a site that we I had started building with a couple of guys uh, before I took that job that sent me to New York for yeah. six months. Yeah. Um, I kind of got put on hold at that time. They're going to pick it back up. Uh, that's the plan here in about a month or so. Nice. Uh, we have another project that I was working on for a client with the same guy and we want to wrap that up before we start working on our own stuff again. Yeah. I mean, when you need money, it's just like Virginia was saying, when you need money and you want to, you want to pay some bills, like that's got to take priority. You can't let that slide. You don't want to get into debt. You don't want to get behind on things, but that, that model that Garrett had where you work and then you, you just take your spare time and you devote yourself and as soon as you have time, as soon as you can do something, it'll take you closer to getting that goal. Try it. You've done it before. Yeah. You can do it again. Yeah. There's a piece of cake. It's old hat. Yeah. There's nothing for you. Nope. Phil quit in Chicago. Let's talk to Phil. Phil? Phil Connors? <laughs> Hi. How you doing? Hey, how are you? Chicago. I guess. Yeah, Chicago. Yeah, I guess Phil Connors a lot. But no, not Phil Connors. Um, <laughs> so I quit my job two weeks ago. And nice. I'm not sure what to do next. Yeah. Uh, I listened to your show a lot and it kind of motivated me. Although I was going to quit anyway, but it really um, motivated me to not get another job before quitting, which is what I'd always done in the past. Right. And uh, so I'm nervous about it. Now that I don't have a job, you know, I can't focus on anything other than looking for a new job. Right. And doing work. And I'm, you know, I'm not nervous that I can't get another job. I'm nervous that I'm going to take another job and I'm going to be back in the same position that I was in before mm. working for somebody else. And I was a corporate stooge for a while, not in tech. I do advertising and marketing and sales, but, um, but I didn't want to, I, I was a corporate stooge for a while, but I, I, I was working at some cool companies, but even then I didn't want to work for somebody else. And, uh, so now I'm afraid that every day goes by. I'm not like using the time to do something productive for myself, but instead just, scouring the, you know, the listings, trying to find another job, doing networking, and then I'm going to get another job and get an offer, and then I'm back into where I was before. Yeah. And even if it's a good job, it's like, it's just another job working for somebody else. How old are you? 32. Okay. Do you have family to support? Are you married? No, just uh, me and my dog. You and your dog. Uh, yeah. Did you save up enough money to give yourself a cushion of time so that you could... Where are you? In the airport? <laughs> uh, I'm walking the dog. Okay. Sorry. Cool. You and that dog, man. <laughs> you do have something to support. Uh, yeah, I I do have savings. So I do have time. I'm not like going to like, you know, not pay my rent for six months. So when you, when you quit, did you have... You're killing me with this. <laughs> Sorry. When you, when you quit... What was your plan? Like, what were you thinking about? I just knew I couldn't do what I was doing anymore. I was selling a product I didn't believe in. Oh, I was, uh, yeah. And I just, I like, I, I just couldn't do it. And, and I had other things I wanted to do, like start my own ad agency or be a musician or be a writer, like all these other things I want to do with my time. And now I have time and I don't know if it's just fear you know, it's like, there's all these other things you want to do. And then, and then you have the time to do it. And all you can do is just look for more jobs. 
You're in the same situation, Phil, that I was in when... <laughs> Can you go inside or something? <laughs> Yeah, sure. What sure. is that? What's, <laughs> what is that someone, sound? Someone thinks you're skiing right well, yeah, now. Yeah, it sounds like he's, he's like... What is the Windy City? Mm-hmm. Is that wind? It's just Chicago that you're hearing. Jeez. It's wind. Yeah, there's snow everywhere. Ugh. I'll mute it. All right. <laughs> this is the same situation, Phil Connors, that I was in <laughs> when I, I told this story, I guess, a week or two ago. And I had I was working full-time. And this was the job that they were going to fire me and I quit and you can't fire me. I quit. And I cheated myself on all my benefits and everything in severance. Idiot. And I was sitting there every day and I was reading the. I don't know what, what do you, what do people look for on them? What, what are the job boards nowadays? It's not monster.com anymore. Is it? Uh, I never look at monster. LinkedIn is pretty good. So I I would look at (laughs) monster.com back then every single day. And I would apply for all these jobs. And my wife was like, what are, you, what are you applying for these jobs? You said you were starting your own business. You can't start your own business and started, you know, and, and be looking for a job and applying for jobs and taking freelance contracts. I wasn't doing what Garrett was doing where he was saying, hey, I am building this business and I will take a one-month contract or two-month contract and save up that money and then come back and, you know, work on this business for two or three months. I was trying to start a client services business. I was starting a, you know, a essentially web design software development business. That's what I was trying to do. And so you can't do that and be getting clients and be selling yourself. You can't start an ad agency or whatever you're thinking about doing. You can't do that and be looking for a job because in your mind, you're going to be conflicted. In your mind, you're not going to know what you're trying to do, what you're supposed to be doing. And if you don't have that commitment to build something, I mean, if you're, if you're 32 and you don't have anything to do but, you know, walk your dog in the snow, like, then you have to 100% of your energy and focus and time on starting this new thing. But it sounds like you don't even know what you want to start. That's exactly right. Yeah. This is like the perfect opportunity. Oh, I'm going to start. So you have to, you- to do the thing that here is the thing is you quit your job because you're miserable, right? Yeah. So you were going to, you were going to quit this job no matter what, but you weren't yet prepared. So this is, this is a good lesson for people. Have a plan. Now it's not too late for you, Phil. I'm not, I, it's not too late for, I'm not giving up on you. Okay. But what you need to do is you need to come up with that plan and fast and you need to set deadlines for yourself. So here's what I'm going to do for you. Okay. It's Friday. By next Friday, you have a plan on exactly what you're going to do. And here's what I mean by that. You need to know what the business is going to be. You need to know who your customers are going to be. You need to understand two to three streams of revenue for that. You need to have a plan that's an actionable plan of steps you can take to start being in front of those customers and signing them up. And you need to have that by next Friday. One week. That's plenty of time. You need to know what you're going to call the business. You need to have a potential domain and email set up. You need to have all of this stuff in place. And that is the only things that you should be focusing on. So that next week, okay, a week from right now, you have a piece of paper. And on that piece of paper, you print it out. It's going to say, my business is called. And then the next line is going to say, in, in two sentences, 
this is what my business does and this is the audience that it serves. And then you're going to have a list of clients, potential clients, customers that you're going to connect with. And the following line is going to say, this is how I'm going to connect with them. You need to have that a week from now. That's plenty of time, a lot of time. I think you could have that by Monday. And then the following week, you're going to start acting on that plan. And I'm going to give you two weeks to sign up your first customer. And if you don't have a customer, if you don't have something now, if you think you have to build something before you can get customers, think about getting another job because it's, you know, like you, you don't have the time to sit down and like start building a website now. You're going to run out of money. But if you're talking about client services, if you're talking about being in front of people, starting an ad agency, doing something like that, or using those skills, selling, then get out there and do it. And I'm going to give you two weeks to sign somebody up. And then you've got one more week. See how I built that a month for you? You've got that last week where you can start panicking. And that's when you can call me back and tell me what's going on if it's not working. But in that last week, that's going to be your week to make a decision as to what you do next. Do you want to give yourself another month to try redefining what you're doing one more time? Or do you want to go and start looking for a job? But in that time, from now until then, don't look at jobs anymore. Don't apply to any more jobs. If people write you back for the jobs that you've applied to, unless it's like the most amazing job in the world, don't take it. Because if this is your dream, this is the one shot that you've got to make it work. But here's the deal. If you don't give this thing your all, and you don't give this a thousand percent, then you don't really, really push yourself, then you don't, you're not cut out to do it, period. You're not going to make it. You won't make it as an independent business person. You're not going to make it. If what I just described to you sounds like too much, if it sounds too daunting, if it's too scary, just say, forget it. I'm, I'm not ready. I'll do it later. I'll find a job right now. I'll learn some new skills. I'll meet some new people and I'll take what I learned there and build that into the next thing. But if what I say to you right now sounds really, really good, sounds exciting, sounds like something, wow, I can't wait to start working on this, then I think you're going to be all right. I mean, I've been doing some consulting, so I'm like, I'm part part of the way there where I've got like some people who are interested, but what if they turn around and they're like, all right, we want to hire you full time. Is that what you want to do? You want to go work for them full time and go full time. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with having a full-time job. Chris's wife wants him to have a full-time job. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. Your dog probably would like it. <laughs> there's nothing, there's nothing bad about going and getting a full-time job. Like, I don't, I don't want you to think I'm anti-full-time jobs. I'm not. I'm, uh, that's how the world goes around. But if you're sitting there saying, I, my, I can't possibly see working for somebody else ever again, well, then that's your motivation, you know? If you're saying, I'm, I, I know that I have this dream and I'm not going to be happy until I try to make it real, you might, not, you might fail. I'm, I'm, I failed at almost all of my other, I failed at everything else except this. And maybe we'll see if this lasts. I failed at all, yeah, thanks. They're knocking on wood for me here. So far, so good, you know, and I, I work pretty damn hard at this because this is, this is what I want to be doing. This is what I've dreamed about doing my whole life doesn't mean it's going to work just because I felt like uh, it was something I wanted to do. Okay. But what I'm saying is if you don't, if you don't feel like that, like, you, you know, like you've got to make this work, 
that you're so inspired that you can't think about doing anything else, then maybe you're not ready. And that's all right, too. You can't feel bad. You're 32. You're still very young. There's so much you can still learn. And there's nothing. No, you're not. Trust me. You're not. Trust me. (laughs) I don't know. You see all these startup kids that are like in their early 20s and you look at them and you're like, wow, you know, if they screw up now, they still have, you know, 20 more, you know, times to try it and do something else. But you're forgetting that they don't, you're you're forgetting that they don't know anything. They, they they only have, they only have one thing, energy. That's it. Maybe they have a good idea, but you have good ideas too. The one thing they have on you is, is unlimited energy, but they don't really know anything about life yet. And if they're successful, it's wasted on them. That's a fact. (laughs) And they, they won't, they won't know how to turn it into anything. You never hear about them again. So here's the thing, yeah. you, you, you can't let that get you down, what, some, what somebody else has, what somebody else can do. Oh, well, somebody else has more energy than me. Oh, no, you fight harder because what you have that they don't have is wisdom. What you have that they don't have is the cynicism that comes with the reality of being a grown-up. And that should make you work twice as hard. That should make you wake up at 5 a.m. in the morning. Well, it's interesting because I never really had the motivation to to work as hard as I do now. Except now I'm doing the wrong thing. I'm looking for jobs, but I'm doing it more than I ever did when I was working for somebody else. So it's kind of like if I could conquer the fear to to just do it for myself, I'd probably be a lot more successful than I ever was before. What's the wait like, a minute? What's the know. what's the fear? What are you afraid of? Of not having a steady paycheck. I've never not. But you don't have a steady paycheck right now. <laughs> I know. That's you're already. You're, 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 You've conquered the fear you're, already. <laughs> you're already. Fa- you're, you don't have a steady paycheck right now. What's to be afraid of? You don't have it. Chicago's a big town. I'm sure you could get a job if you really needed one, right? Yeah, definitely. Okay, so. So you always have that to fall back on. Right. I mean, if you, if you think you're ready to try, I'm not sure you're ready, man. I'm I, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not sure you're ready. <laughs> Me neither. And you just don't want to go back and do a job. But if you're not ready, then you've got to. What's your dog going to eat, man? <laughs> yeah, I don't want to feed him. What you stuff. you know? What you want is you want to go and you want to get a job that's going to be fulfilling, where you're going to learn something, where you're going to where you're going to enjoy yourself and where you're going to learn skills and where you're going to be able to work with somebody, whether it's one person or a whole bunch of people who you can learn from. Don't forget the value of working with people who are smart or smarter than you, who are talented, where you can be around them and learn what they do and learn how they work and learn how their mind works. Learn from their mistakes so you don't have to make them. There's nothing wrong with getting a job where you enjoy what you're doing and you're learning. That's better than school, man. The fact that you're in this situation right now means that you are on the wrong path. So now you're changing your path. But you already don't have a steady paycheck right now. But you've got to make a decision. Do you want to to try and start your own thing right now like you already seem to have? Or you know what? There's nothing wrong with saying, I guess I'm just not ready. I've done that many times. Oh man, I, I, I'm not ready for know, this. When do you know when you're ready? Like, if it's scary now, it's going to be scary in two years. It's going to be scary, you know, if I have a kid, it's going to be scary if I own a house. 
I think I think the want to start something new will outweigh the scary. <laughs> you know, like you'll right. you'll want to do it so bad that you're going to take that leap anyway. Where right now, I think you're not you don't feel ready, and therefore it makes it even scarier. Right? Yeah, now. where where you feel like for for real or imagined reasons, you have no choice. When you're at the point where you feel like you have no choice, and again, real or imagined, then that's when you know you're going to be ready to do something. If if you're sitting there. And you're thinking to yourself, hmm, hmm, yeah, that job looks kind of good. I hope they call me. Then that means you're not committed yeah. to, to doing your own thing. But it sounds like you don't have a plan, man. So either you, either you make that plan right now and you fully commit to executing it and you give yourself four weeks to do it. Okay. Or you say, you know what? That's too much for, I'm just not sure. I don't know what I, I don't know what I'm going to do. At least take a week. Take a week off from applying right. for jobs. And, you know, the chances that that, that am, am, totally amazing job that you were just hoping to find and they were just hoping to find you pops up in that one week's time and you don't, you miss out on it later. I mean, yeah, that's possible. But isn't it also, don't you owe it to yourself to explore this and to focus on this the way you've been focusing on finding another job? Just sit in there and say, you know what? I'm just going to think this through. Just me and my dog, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and sit yeah, there, I mean, I will. Yeah. you know, and, and eat your deep dish pizza or whatever and <laughs> focus on making this thing happen for one week. And if at the end of that week, you don't have what you think is a workable idea and a workable plan, then say, you know what? I'm not ready. And there's nothing wrong with not being ready right now. 32, you know, if, if you're 32 and you're married and you've got three kids or something, that's a whole different 32 than being, you know, being single and having money in the bank. Yeah. You have the ability to make a choice. And if you're not ready and you're not confident, then you're not, you're just not ready to do it. And there's nothing wrong with admitting that it's not admitting defeat. It's a facing reality. So make sure that the place that you pick next to work, if that's what you do, is a place where you're going to learn, where you're going to learn something and you're going to advance your skill set and learn from people who have something to teach you. And then you'll know when you're ready the next time. And who knows, you may find your co-founder in there. You may find a mentor in there. You may make client contacts that lead to coming up with an idea for something. And you take that Rolodex with you when you start your new different business and you've got contacts in that industry. Who knows? But either like you're going to want to do it or not. To that point. What's getting that point? Like I've been, I've, I've had some great roles and some great mentors and, and, and I've, I've learned everywhere I've gone after I, you know, I quit the corporate world. And, and that's kind of like what led me to the point where I was like, well, maybe it's time. But it's also the fear is, well, what if this does work? And then I've got clients and now I'm shackled to that. Oh, you're, ne the, you're never not going to be shackled to something, man. That's just right. life. Yeah, you're not, what, what are you going to be, some free soul on a boat? You still got to get gas somewhere. <laughs> you still got to get your food yeah. somewhere, you know? You're, you're shackled to something in life. That's just life. It's the attitude that you have about that thing that you're shackled to, whether you feel like it's a shackle or whether you feel like it's something you like to do. Is it something that you want, you want to do it? If you want to do it, it doesn't feel like work. If you want to do it, it doesn't feel like something that you're tied down to. If you like that office, it doesn't feel like a bad place to go. 
But if you feel like, oh man, I've got to go into those places. So then, then, then what you can do is you can say, I'm not going to work at another place unless it has most of those things that I want. I'm not going to work at a place unless it seems like the people are great. I'm not going to work at a place unless it seems like there's somebody who can be my mentor and can teach me things. I'm not going to work somewhere unless I'm treated with respect and believe in the product that I'm selling, for example. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of like what my, my focus has been. I mean, that's why that, that makes a lot of sense. All right, so listen. And I'm hoping that if it does work, I won't feel like work, which is what I'm hoping for. All right. Well, listen, I want you to call me back a week from now and tell me what the heck you decide to do. Okay. What, Hattie? I just said next Friday. Yeah, next Friday, man. All right. Tell Caitlin. Thank you. Yeah, tell Caitlin that you're Phil Connors. She'll know you. All right. Thanks for the call. Good luck. I'm worried about you. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. I don't know, Chris. What do you What do you think of this? What do you think of this guy? Sounds like he needs to do um, <clears throat> a lot of homework. Yeah, he's got some homework. Some soul searching too. Yeah, yeah he does. He needs to stop looking at the job boards right now. Yeah. Maybe. And uh, and sit down with his dog on his lab. Pick up a copy of What Color Is My Parachute? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, we should have a required reading list. We should. I think that would be great. Maybe part of the newsletter. Something. We do have a newsletter. Thanks for reminding me, Hattie. Yeah. We have a newsletter. And I forget the, what is it? Oh, corporatestooge.com is where I have it. It's a newsletter. It's a special newsletter. It's a very special newsletter. That it's so special that it costs money. It costs $3 a month. It's a lot of money. (laughs) So much. But we're going to have amazing things in there. I can't totally reveal it yet. People have been signing up for it and they're like, what am I paying three bucks for? Trust me. Trust me, Chris. You're not signed up for it, are you? That's uh, it. We'll talk about that mm-hmm. later. I tried to, but it was... Okay. Something weird happened. Yeah. But now it's there. <clears throat> CorporateStooge.com. You can sign up for the newsletter. And uh, some amazing things are going to happen to you if you do. I think I got to do another sponsor before we wrap this up. Look, he's got a picture. He's feeding a squirrel. <laughs> when did you change that? It's been there for a while. It's uh, Chris Carter on his Twitter account feeding a little squirrel. Actually, I think I it was the the large background. Yeah. Changed it. Oh, and you yeah. Oh, okay. Our second sponsor today is Ting. What is Ting? Ting is a, is mobile that makes sense. This is no BS mobile. They're a reseller of Sprint Network. That's a really good network. But I'll, let me tell you what makes Ting different. First off, they're truly completely contact contract free. Okay, they have no early termination fees and nothing. You get in and get out. They give you the choice to create the plan that you want. You want lots of voice minutes? Okay, you can get lots of voice. You want you don't want any? You don't have to have any. Text messages, megabytes of data, they're all billed separately. You don't have to worry about things like penalties or overage charges. If you use more than you thought you would, you just pay for what you use. If you use less, Ting drops you down to the next plan. Lower lower than you were. Credits you the difference. And has all the regular stuff, voicemail, caller ID, tethering, hotspot, three-way calling, call forwarding. There's a whole list of things here. How do I have to read all those? They you, have don't ha- you don't have to. They, they just have, have so much. And they don't have mystery line items where you go, oh, I don't know what that charge is for. Oh, what's a, reco- what's a recovery fee, Caitlin? What is a recovery fee? I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> but they don't have that. 
And what's really cool is you can add as many devices onto this plan as you want. You can pool minutes, you can pool data, you pool messages. And, and to add a phone, six bucks a month to add another line? And they have a really awesome online control panel. You don't need to call these folks. If you do call them, well, they're there 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern time. A real human being will pick up. It's great. The URL to go to is 5x5.ting.com. You'll learn more. You'll get $25 off your first device purchase or a $25 Ting service credit. Your choice. Because maybe you already have a phone and want to put it on there now. You can do that. Mm-hmm. 5x5.ting.com. They got some really cool stuff coming out. I can't they say, won't let me tell it. Won't let me say it yet. But trust me, you're going to like it. 5x5.ting.com. Go check them out. I don't know, Chris. Look at this picture of you. Mac user since 92. I got you beat. 84. I'll bet. 84. How old were you in 1984? 11. They were almost the same age. Yep. You don't look old either. No, neither of us do. So I don't know. I promised I would go through some emails here. And man, I always, I always wind up running late on that. (laughs) Always wind up running late, but I'm going to, I'll do one. See if this guy says I can. He says I have permission. Okay, let's do it. Dan, I've made a mistake. Exclamation point. Your friend, Brandon. No, I'm just kidding. He says, I've made a mistake. I'm a 27-year-old graphic designer and just accepted a great job in Ohio, moving from Orlando, Florida. All right, moving from Florida. (laughs) It's an up-and-coming division of a respectable company with good people, exciting work, and we're planning our layout of a very cool modern office space in a historical building downtown. Everything about the job is really great, but... Uh Uh-oh, I hate Ohio. Yeah, I'm one of the weird ones who loves Orlando. I'm from the Midwest and been back and forth between here and Florida a couple times since 2005. I know Florida is where I want to be. It's where I feel most at home. And honestly, I love everything about it. I do need to talk to this guy. (laughs) I took the job in Ohio as a career move, basically more money and a chance to work with great designers and learn from them thinking I could do this for a year and go back. But I told myself I won't be happy if work is the most exciting part of my life. Where I live is more important. I did it anyway. I've been here one week and I can't stand it. I hate this town. I hate the weather. I hate the restaurants, the grocery stores, the parking, my new apartment, and everything outside of work. The opposite of a corporate stooge, he asks. I really feel this was a mistake and I want to quit. I just don't know how to tell my boss who handpicked me as his first choice for his first hire. This is what I want to do. What would you do in my situation? Thanks for any advice. I listen to everything. On five by five. Okay. Brandon, stick with it. Do it for a year. That's my advice. Yeah, a week is not enough time yeah. to really know. You know, listen. Anyone, you don't settle in until about, was it three months, Dan? What is it? I, I read I somewhere that it was like, it takes you a certain amount of time before you start to feel like the place that you're in it's feels home. like home. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying this is ever going to feel like home, Brandon. This may never feel like home, but that doesn't matter. There's something to be said for making a commitment. Now, if you're completely, utterly miserable, depressed, contemplating suicide, like that kind of stuff, 
obviously don't do something different. I'm not telling you to like, you know, go into the downward spiral that Trent Reznor talks about. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying give it time. I mean, you did move to Ohio in February. Right. Yes. That's very different (laughs) than the summer. In a few months or less, it will be springtime. The birds will sing and it will look and feel very different. I know a bunch of people in Ohio and they get depressed at this time of year and they've been there for their whole lives. It's an, a dep- I mean, it, it's not as bad as like, I don't know, randomly picking Ann Arbor, Michigan or something. <laughs> it's not that bad. This will never stop. <laughs> but it will, it will get better and you will start to think of it as a place that you want to live. Well, I don't want to think of it as a place. Well, you know what? You shouldn't have taken the job and you did. But look at the bright side. If all of the other things that you talked about are true, You know, if, if the other things that you said, more money, a chance to work with great designers, learn from them, well, that sounds like a great opportunity. And you know what? Do it for a year. Commit to it for a year. If that's just absolutely unthinkable to you after you've given it a month or two, go to your boss and say, listen, I, I, this is a great opportunity. This is a great job, but I'm really miserable here. Just be honest about it. But I think you might be surprised that if you stay there and really give it a chance and really embrace it and really throw yourself into it and really see what Ohio has to offer, you don't know what it might have to offer. You've been there a week. Don't, don't hate it yet. Give it time. Let yourself ease into it and see what it is really, really like. Now, there, here's something I take issue with. You told yourself, quote, I won't be happy if work is the most exciting part of my life where I live is more important, unquote. I, I would question that. Why would it be bad if work was a really exciting, maybe even the most exciting part of your life? Like people think, well, that's awful. What if you're, I mean, and this is a, a ridiculous comparison, okay? What if you're an astronaut? It's probably going to be the most exciting part of your life. What if you totally love what you do? There's nothing wrong with work being the most exciting part of your life. You're not a bad person. Oh, well, work is the only thing in his life. Well, what if he's like totally loved it and enriched by it every single day and thrilled to go in and learning and doing something that matters? It's what most, fulfills you. It should yeah. be. Most people would be really excited to have this conundrum. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know? First world problem. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's, it's a little bit like that, but I do understand being in a horrible spot. I mean, I've lived in Austin pretty much my whole life. So Right. We're pretty lucky up here. Yeah. But down here. I have to say, if this is the worst thing and you've given it a week, you gotta give it gotta some give, more. It give it a little time. bit more time. Yeah. yeah. That's my final Gotta give it more decision. time. Yeah. Find a local <clears throat> Yeah, make a local pub. Start make making some friends, friends yeah. man. Yeah. Get out of there. And also remember that nobody's forcing you to stay there forever. Right. So yeah. stay there. Just look at it as a Give temporary a adventure. Mm-hmm. And he then was 27, yes. 27. If yeah. you still want to go somewhere else, nobody's going to hold you back. Yeah. It does not sound like he's married or in a relationship or something. It's no, if he's like able that, to just so. move, move at his boss's command. Yeah. 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 Give, it, give it some time, man. 
But I think a lot of people go through this. And you know what? You can feel this way even when you don't move and you just start a new job. And you just, oh, man, I wish I'd go back to my old job. You always feel that, like, was this the right decision feeling? Yeah. And you can't you can't decide after a week at all. A week is... You just can't. A month is nothing. Yeah. Yeah. A week, you're still the new guy and you don't know your way around... You haven't even gotten to your groove. The, yeah. yeah. Like what grocery store, I mean, like, you know, in moving, like what grocery store am I going to? Which, like he said, the restaurants suck. How many have you gone to in a week? Mm-hmm. I don't know. And admittedly, we don't know what town specifically in Ohio. No, we don't. I'm going to assume it's uh, Columbus. Which is a fairly sizable town, I think. Yes. Yeah, I think it's a pretty big town. So. I'm looking right here. Man versus food. He went to Columbus. He would tailgating with Buckeye fans. He ate at a legendary burger joint. Sounds like he had fun. Yeah, it went mm-hmm. to a historic sausage house. Wonder if Brandon's been to a historic sausage house. He even ate a two and a half pound Dagwood uh, sandwich. I mean, <laughs> Brandon, why don't you do some things there? Yeah, yeah. Like take day trips, go drive a couple hours, get to know the area. Yeah. Make friends. I think that's a big one, too. It's easy to dislike a place when you're completely alone. If your boss is so great, you know, like, hang out and see what your boss uh, can can introduce you to. Or maybe the people you work with. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're like, well, God forbid you say to your boss, man, I I feel like uh, I don't know what to do in this town. Yeah. You brought me out here. Like, help me out, man. Yeah. Give me some recommendations. Things like that. I don't know. I'm not saying you have to give it a year, but give it more than a week. All right, Brandon. You need to call in, though. Yeah. Email's not enough. This is is a big issue. We've been a little Debbie Downer on this, so. (laughs) I mean, we can't hear what he has to say. We We can't hear anything. We need more backstory. Yeah. Brandon. I need the rest of the story, Brandon. All right. Show's been long enough. (laughs) Thanks to everybody for tuning in. If you would like to... You can listen to this show live, 5 p.m. Eastern Time, every Friday, 5x5.tv slash live. If you'd like to leave me a voicemail, I didn't even get to those. It's 512-222-8141. I promise I will. 512-222-8141. And if you want to send an email, you can let me know if you want it to be read on the show or not. You can do that by going to 5x5.tv slash contact and pick quit from the show. I get those emails and I read them all and I will read some of them on the air. So thank you again for being here. Thanks to everybody else who's in the room with me. I'll just go around in the circle. Hattie Cook, my producer and account manager. Thank you, Dan. She's Hattie Bird on Twitter, H-A-D-D-I-E Bird. Caitlin Eldridge, also producer here. What, who are you on Twitter? I'm trying to keep track of it. It's super boring. It's just C-D underscore Eldridge. C-D underscore Eldridge. And then special guest today, Chris Carter of X-Files fame on Twitter. Maxter, right? M-A, how do I do this? M-A-C-Z-T-E-R. Maxter. And I'm Dan Benjamin here and on Twitter. And thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We will be back again next week. Have a good one.